Things Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Slate. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in to the podcast. I know there's a lot of things that you could be doing with your time, and uh, the fact that you've chosen to tune in to me and uh, some of the people I've gotten to speak with really means a lot, so thank you guys. Second of all, I want to thank you guys for such a great release last week with my new song. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet and you would like to, uh, I'll drop a link in the show notes so you can do that. Uh, secondly, um, guys, if you want to if you want to support the show, um, there's two things there's two things that you can do that would really help me out. That costs you absolutely nothing. Um, if you want to go ahead and leave a five star review or a three star review or just leave any sort of review um, or rating that helps other people find the show, um, or and or you can text or tell one of your friends about it. Um, that helps helps the show a lot. Uh, helps other people find it. Like I said, and helps me be able to bring you guys uh, even better, bigger and better episodes. So. You know, that's really all to say about that. If you have any questions, uh, if you want to reach out to me, anything like that, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at J underscore Slape, S-L-A-P-E, or you can email the show at musicianpodcast, I'm sorry, musicianpod at gmail.com. All right. Yeah, this week we've got bass player, front man, and musician health coach rusty osborne um yeah we talk a lot about staying mindful and aware in just day-to-day and cultivating healthy relationships uh healthy working relationships with you know the people you are working with um just real quick as a disclaimer it's a little bit of a glitch a little bit of glitchy audio uh, with you know recording via phone um so there are you know a few little bumps and cracks in here um um, some of the phone call episodes, but I really hope you tune in and uh, listen all the way through and don't let that distract you. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode, and I really hope you enjoy it. So, without much further ado, this is my episode, my conversation with Rusty Osborne. Hey, Rusty, how are you? Doing well, Jeff, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Can you hear me okay? Just fine, yep. Cool, cool, cool. Well, right on, man. Well, uh, I just want to start off, uh, just to say, man, thanks for, thanks for doing this. I've been, been looking forward to it. Um, so you're in, you're in California, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, Southern, Southern California, is that, is that right? Yep, in Orange County, Huntington Beach, California. Okay, cool. Right on, right on, right on. And how long how long have you been out there? Um, I've been here since I was dead, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Right on, right on. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, do you go normally by Jeffrey or Jeff? Man, I, it's kind of, I, I have a couple friends that call me Jeff, and I have friends that call me Jeffrey, so, like, I'm I'm pretty up to whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, it's so. my brother's name, so I'm just used to saying Jeff. Oh, okay, right on, yeah. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Hey, yeah. I'll, let's just start off. Um, tell me, uh, just kind of give me like a brief overview of what you do. I know you do um, like coaching, and then you also uh, play bass and front a band. And is that right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So on the coaching side, my kind of like my offer up front is I help musicians lose weight and feel great. Right? Uh, a little gimmicky, but it gets stuck in their head, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, easier, easy to remember. Yeah, so, and that's, uh, you know, I was, I've been a musician for, you know, forever, so when I was fat, I was tired of it, and then figured out how to get myself healthy, and now I help other people do it too. That's um, awesome, that's awesome. So that's, yeah, that's that side, and then on the music side, yeah, I still play, um, we finally brought it down to normally about two to four nights a week. So, okay, yeah, cool, right on. Yeah, and that's, uh, the band is called Redneck Rodeo, and it's country music, and all around Southern California, Vegas, Arizona. That's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool, well, um, I think, like I talked to you a little bit earlier today, I just, I thought you would have some really great insights on just, um, like, what are, 
like some of the common stum stumbling blocks you see other people um, really dealing with um, commonly and just some ways we, we people can maybe avoid them uh, like what's what's like the most common thing you see that's like really holding musicians back from going to that next level um, there's a few things that were running through my mind and I was trying to think of what was you know what were some of my biggest issues not just what I see as well you know um, so really prioritizing obviously self-care is just what I do right yeah um, you know if you're not taking care of yourself and every night that you play you stay up all night and then you wake up real late hungover and all that you're never going to make that much progress because you can't do well if you're not well fueled and you know focused and heavy energy in progress right Absolutely. so that, that's on one end the other thing is really prioritizing uh, you know listening to other people and what they have to say because if you prioritize those relationships and you're in a band you know whether or not you're leading the band is relevant you know you gotta be able to listen and hear what they're saying and be you know, really be a, a full part, taking responsibility. That's what I'm thinking about. So, you know, if someone's got a shitty attitude in the band, you got to ask, you know, how is this my fault? Yeah. So those those are probably my two biggest things. And I mean, those obviously come from my story, but I keep seeing that all around in the, the you know, in the music industry in general. I got you. So how did you, um, with just, like, keeping an open mind and, like, uh, you said just make sure, like, you're really listening. Like, how did you, how did you, like, work through that? Like, what were some of the tools you maybe used to, um, to, to grow in that area? Yeah, so really, a big part of it was, um, I mean, you can dig into all the self-help books that you want, you know, right? There's so many good tools and tactics out there, but really the trying to think of where I got the idea in the first place, but there's, I would say really a big part of what I did for myself and what I try and help other people do is, I call it brainwash yourself, you know, you need to surround your entire mind and everything about you with um, podcasts, books, positive people that really are embodied, right, so... For me, I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and some other business ones, and then listening to songwriter podcasts, and they all would end up bringing some of these same ideas in. And I would say, oh shoot, did I, you know, in my conversation with this guitar player, that I, you know, we were having some issues in the band, I realized that I wasn't being a good bandmate, and I wasn't a good listener, right? I was just saying what I thought he was doing wrong, you know, and I could have taking that responsibility and said, oh, okay, I understand this is my fault for not communicating what I needed you to play effectively in this song, right? right? Or even as a bandmate, what is it that I could have done better to help you, I don't know, set up better or quicker so that way you could have gotten the sound check back? You know, instead of saying, oh, this guy just sucks and he sets up so slow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's always a way that it's your fault in some way. And once you take that responsibility on, then suddenly you've got so much more control over every situation and not in like a power hungry way, than in a way that's actual teamwork and, you know, helps you respect yourself, respect them, and they respect you more for taking that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good to, good to uh, remember. I was talking to um, another uh, bass player actually uh, last week. Um, interviewing him for the podcast um his name's ian allison but we were kind of talking about similar things and discussing just how much of the music industry is so relational and it's you know it's about you know working working as a team it might not necessarily be like oh who's the best at you know who's the best guitar player who's the best bass player but like hey who do i like want to hang out with and all that and just kind of yeah. how much how much of a pr uh, business it really is in just terms of relating with other people and making sure you're being the person that's needed in uh, in whatever space you're in. Right. And that was one of the first things, uh, the first time I went over to Nashville and sat in on some sessions just to watch what was going on, um, I remember realizing, and I'd heard this from other people, but it really made it sink in, was 
at some point, everybody is at a good enough level that whoever you hire is going to be able to play the part, right? Yeah. In that pool of, you know, that upper echelon of musicians, I guess you'd say. But, you know, most of the music that we're playing isn't crazy. It's not like it's a dream theater or something, you know, crazy prog metal. Yeah. Right? Most of the stuff, most people can play really well. And really what's going to get you hired and keep you hired is the hang, you know? Are you a good person to hang out with? Do you have, you know, are you personable? Can you work in relationships? Do you smile and laugh a lot? Do you take care of your hy- hygiene? You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be the smelly guy, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Um, that's coming from me. I used to be the fat, smelly, drunk guy. So, you know, it took me some learning to get there. Um, but that's a huge deal. Actually, that was a, I remember reading a relationship book. Um, I'm always just, I'm such a self-help junkie on this kind of stuff, but when I read a first, my first book on marriage, um, like, oh my God, I need this to talk to this other guitar player that I was working with. Because yeah. I didn't understand how she communicated. And then suddenly like, oh, shit, all this is related. It's- yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how much of all that like carries over. Um, I've kind of like, more than like the last few years been reading more, like, I guess self-help like motivation kind of stuff and just kind of notice like how much like it might be marketed or like the book is like oh this is about business but it's really just boils down to relationships and like how applicable it is to um to all these different areas of your life where it's like you can take that and be like oh okay like i understand where this person is coming from now because of this like and then maybe recognizing your own like shit and just be like oh like I'm reacting this way because of this. Like, maybe I need to evaluate that and go, okay, maybe maybe I need to chill the fuck out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And having that, once you can develop that sense of awareness, it's unbelievable the strides you can make in your personal life, in your career, in your health, all that. Yeah. You know, having that awareness to realize and take a step back from the situation and say, oh, I'm reacting and not being proactive in the situation, yeah. you know? And that goes true for, yeah, relationships with the band, but also, like, stress eating, <laughs> yeah. things like that. I, I used to uh, get so pissed off at uh, this one singer, and I was suddenly, I remember I was venting to my girlfriend at the time, uh, now my wife, venting to her about it, and there was a pizza in the kitchen, and I just remember getting mad, and then suddenly a pizza was gone. And she, her and my friend just watched me eat it while I was yelling. <laughs> I didn't, at the time, have that self-awareness. And, you know, over time you develop it through practice, really, and, uh, to see, oh, oh, I'm halfway through a pizza. It's better than being all the way through the pizza before realizing it, yeah. you know? And then realizing, oh, I'm about to start yelling at this guitar player. I should take a deep breath and say whatever I'm going to say a little more calmly. Yeah, you know, it's all so interrelated, and there's so many found, you know these foundations that just work across the board, whether it's you got it from a business book or a relationship book or a music book. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, good good knowledge and like good ideas are I think universal and carry over to a bunch of um, like you can just take it to every area of, area of your life and really yeah uh, improve upon it. Um, Definitely. On the subject of like self awareness, what kind of what kind of tools, what kind of things did you do to like maybe practice self awareness? Like, or... yeah, um, I like there's obvi- there's specific tools. A lot of people use meditation for that. I'm, I love meditation for that, but the mindfulness aspect of that really, I think, is really well developed in a lot of musicians if they spent the time practicing their instruments. Mm. Um, the reason I say it is, like, if you are unbelievably focused on exactly what you're practicing, even though it's the 800th time you've run through that scale, you know, that level of mindfulness and saying, oh, my pinky didn't land exactly at the front of the fret, right, or whatever you wanted it to. Um, when you start developing that and then moving into singing especially because you have to be aware of so many different aspects of your body and how your larynx is positioned and how your... Uh, faith is working so you're communicating well with the audience right um 
when you start developing all those different levels of mindfulness on yourself, it starts to seep into everywhere else in life. So, to me, that's the biggest... I mean, and you can practice all sorts of different ways, but those, that's just one way that we're all already practicing if we're dedicated in a mindful way to, you know, working our instruments. Yeah. So, and if you're into exercise, like I used to run a lot, and that's when I realized, oh, I have to focus on every time that my foot lands, right? I'm making sure that it lands properly so I'm not going to cause injuries down the road. Yeah. And then when you get into meditation, how, you know, you catch so many other things because you're just thinking about breathing, you know? Um, so all these different tools are things in your entire life that you start to cultivate this awareness. And this mindfulness of every single interaction within yourself and outside yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, there is definitely a like meditative quality to like actually like sitting down and practicing. And I don't know about you, but over the years, I've always found uh, like just sitting down and playing and being like, oh, okay, like I can. It's almost like a part of you can like actually kind of breathe. At least that's how it kind of feels like to me. Um, yeah. It's like ah, oh, okay, like I only have to focus on this, and there's. You know, there's that freedom of that, and like, and like, I don't have to think about, you know, bills or, you know, I need <laughs> to learn these songs or work with shitty or so. Yeah. And that's coming back to like one of the hang, you know, we were talking about kind of hangups that musicians have is, um, and I had this for a while. You get so, once you get so many gigs going, you have to learn so many songs and you have to write in your spare time so you can get new songs for the band later or whatever you know you can get so inundated with music work you know yes that you forget why or maybe you don't forget why you started in the first place but you, you lose touch with it yeah um, and that's I was actually I was watching Victor Wooten speaking at the NAMM show last year and he said one at one point he's like okay everybody in the audience uh, when you think of music, what's the first word that comes to your mind? All these people were saying, like, inspiration, fun, all this. I just said, work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's when I started to really take another moment and say, hold on, what do I want to play? And can I make time for that during the day? You know, or at least a couple times a week instead of just, you know, and I was on stage, hell, sometimes 21 nights and you know, in 20 days, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then writing and all that on top of it, and trying to record stuff, and then, uh, you know, all the, all the stuff that comes with it. So, if you're constantly going like that, music is going to be work, it's going to burn you out, and you're not going to love it. For sure. Yeah, I think there is that, like, delicate balance. Like, I'm not at a place right now where, like, music is my full-time thing. Like, that's one, like, the main things I'm working on this year and, and into, mm -hmm. like, the next year, but there is definitely in years prior where I have not prioritized uh, writing and uh, working on demos and other like you know make sure websites updated or like trying to book shows and not prioritize that and not really thought about it as a business and I had to kind of switch my mindset a little bit in terms of things like okay well if I want to make this my job like I do need to treat it like a job too. So there's mm -hmm. like that delicate balance of, you know, kind of balancing that's like, yeah, it's fun and like that's the reason we do it. But there's also a reconciling of like, okay, like it is work. So there's going to be aspects of this that like maybe you don't enjoy, you know, so much. Yeah. But w would you rather be playing guitar or doing music for a living or do you want to be like digging ditches or whatever? <laughs> like, Right. Nothing against people that dig ditches. Like if that's what you want to do, like go for it. But that's not what gets me out of bed in the morning. Right. And chances are it doesn't get them out of bed in the morning. Or you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and we all have to work. We've all worked other jobs at some point. So there's that healthy respect of okay, I could go back and have a job. You know, whether it's digging ditches or working a nine to five or. Um, or even, you know, maybe teaching guitar lessons is that job for you. You know, 
Yeah. But there's all, you can always go back to that if going full-time in music just isn't working out. Yeah, and right. there's something that I, like, kind of had to... Another thing I had to think about is, like, just because you have a, a, a side hustle or music isn't your full-time thing doesn't make you any less of a musician. And I think for so yeah. long I thought, like, well, if I'm not doing it full-time, then I'm not, you know, really doing it, or I'm not, you know, I'm not really a musician. And it's like, that's bullshit. Like, if you play right. and, like, you're actively doing it and putting your time to do it, then you're a musician. Like, whether you're, yeah. you know, you're playing all over the world or you just play, like, locally and you're a writer, like, it's... Mm -hmm. And that's, honestly, I, I uh, something that bugged me for a while and it's you know it has to do with imposter syndrome and vulnerability and stuff but i went full-time in music it was a handful of years ago probably five six years ago i was teaching guitar during the week playing a bunch of gigs at night um, and i finally got to quit my job at the city when i was working on softball field right mm. and i was making sure softball field was good but i in my infinite wisdom as like a 20 four-year-old or however stupidly young I was, right? Um, and I'm not, like, super old or anything now. I'm 29. But realizing, looking back, that I, in that moment, was stuck in this middle ground of feeling way cooler than some of my peers that were still working jobs. Hmm. But then realizing that, well, dude, you're not writing any songs. You've never been on a tour. Or, you know, whatever it takes to think that you've got musician press. Yeah. You know, I didn't have my own album out. And these guys, yeah, they had nine to five jobs or whatever they were doing. But holy shit, they were playing their own music. They were writing their own songs and getting bands together and promoting and all this stuff. And I was just, you know, playing country covers on the weekend and it was fun and I got real drunk and it was cool and then rinse and repeat. <laughs> like, and looking back, I realized how much more valuable it can be to take less time making music your job and more time making music because you love it mm. you know and the value of you know if, if writing isn't your thing and you just want to practice bass and you know the people that are playing you know seven string basses all the time and they just love playing through effect pedals and they never play for anybody and they don't like their own songs that's totally cool it's all about what actually fulfills you in music and not doing it for the sake of saying that, you know, you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think... You know? I think the fulfillment aspect of it is, like, the part I've had to wrestle with the most and just more of, like, the process of it. Like, it's a process and having to reconcile that a little bit and, like, really digging into, okay, like... This is the process, which doesn't make this doesn't make art any less valuable because I'm not, you know, making a ton of money off it or, uh, you know, playing to thousands of people. But if you're getting something out of what you're creating, then okay, then we're winning. You yeah. know, because at least for me, like I'm just always, I'm always trying to write that song that's like, whoa, where did this come from? Like. I, I want it to be like okay like this is like this speaks to me like and I want this to speak to like somebody else like because sometimes you yeah. you know write song or you play a set and you're just like eh, like that was it was fine <laughs> but it's not that that kind of like otherworldly feeling you get or when when the set is is perfect and everyone's just in sync and you will hit the like the stops or the hits or whatever perfect even though you practiced yeah. it a thousand times and never gotten it in rehearsal or you know whatever <laughs> it's whatever it is yeah yeah and that I think I mean when you hear about uh, the, just the idea of what are the important questions you can ask and asking important questions is an amazing way to get your life further and at least get your brain on track mm. right and on that level, and I think one thing that is kind of a true line from what we've been talking about is, and for a lot of musicians, I feel like they don't ask this question, is really, um, oh, God, what? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I lost the question. No, you're <laughs> like, fine. You know, asking, 
No, there, there's two parts of it that were really big for me. Okay, why am I doing it? And if I'm supposed to be on this earth to serve other people, how is my music serving other people? Mm. You know? And it's, uh, it's because music can feel really selfish when you get into that question. If you spent eight hours a day, you know, seven days a week practicing. Because that just feels plain. It, after a while, if you're trying to look at it from a service standpoint, it's easy to look at that and say, oh my God, I'm so selfish. I just wanted to be a better guitar. But if you can figure out why you're doing it, and if your why is to you know, make the world a better place, which I think is pretty much everybody, right? Yeah. Um, then suddenly it takes on more meaning. And it's okay to practice that many hours a day if, you know, you're saying, I need to do this so that I can help, uh, you know, so I can join the band and help that songwriter express their song stuff, mm. you know. Or if you're a bass player, like, I need to work on my groove so hard so that way whenever I show up for a gig, that person never has to worry if I'm going to you know, play the wrong note at the wrong time. Yeah. You know. And that way, when you have that out, outward sense of service in your music, just the amount of intention you put into your practice time goes way up. And the, you know, you can still, you, that fulfillment aspect really adds up because you're actually making the world a better place when you do that. You bring a smile to someone's face when you show up as a hired gun and you learn to parse properly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and if you're writing your own song, you see someone dancing in the audience for your song first time someone sings along to one of your songs at a gig holy hell yeah that means that you brought them joy and they listen to that song enough times because they like it to sing along yeah that definitely you know? adds some weight to like the more like mundane tasks when you look through it uh through, through the lens of like okay how can I serve someone else and like more of an outward facing uh viewpoint yeah I mean there's only so much you can do when your only goal is making yourself uh, more money or you know whatever or if you just want to be a good guitarist for the sake of being a good guitarist yeah you know absolutely so and that goes back to the hang too you know when you're at the gig and you're hanging out with them you're not focused on oh where you know did I put that one note in the right spot then you're going to play selfish solo for the guitar Right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of trying to serve the song and serve the songwriter. Or, you know, even if it's cover band stuff, you know, you're out there, you've got to serve the song and serve the audience. They don't give a shit if you can play septuplets over a 5-4 measure in, you know, whatever, uh, fallopian major mode or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> None of that matters. What matters is that you're serving them. Absolutely. So... Well, yeah, kind of, kind of on that topic a little bit. How, yeah. um, what's what's the way we can, uh, like, playing cover songs, or maybe you're like not that into it. Like, what's the way you can like maybe keep it fresh for yourself? In terms of like, maybe you're playing like the same like, same set for like a little bit of time, like, a week, or like you've been playing these same few songs. Like, this has been this song has been on your set like for weeks, and you've played it a million times. Like, what's the way that you try to like keep it fresh and make it more enjoyable for yourself that, so that you can serve other people and have a good time where you're playing this song. Yeah, absolutely. So there's um, there's songs that I've played at every gig since I joined this band, um, and I've played well over a thousand gigs with this band. And I still, part of it for me is I just love country music more than so that makes it easier. When I was in another cover band that we were playing classic rock and top 40 stuff, I could not turn on the radio stations that had any of those songs. <laughs> um, like, I don't want to hear it again. That would come on. Yeah, it was like, I can't hear that again. But now, every time I play Chattahoochee again, I'm just like, man, I love this song. Okay? I'm stoked about it. But I think it's not just about loving that music, which you got to love music. But let's say you're, you know, playing cover gigs to pay your bills and you don't necessarily love that music 
I believe that it really comes back to that mindfulness aspect. Hmm. How in the pocket can you be on this very next note that you're about to play? You know, I've got a whole note coming up. Hell yeah. I'm going to play that whole note so good. <laughs> Instead of thinking, oh, this boring ass song is only whole notes for the whole day. <laughs> Bro, you get to play whole notes. This is awesome. You're getting paid for this. And yeah, that can sustain you through a few of them, but sometimes that doesn't work forever. In which case, maybe you need to look at, uh, you know, either way, choosing to be at that gig. No matter what you create or allow everything in your life, you're choosing to be there. If you didn't want to be there, don't go. You're going to lose the gig. You're going to get fired. You're going to deal with consequences. But it choose to be there 100% and enjoy because you chose that or choose to do something else. Yeah. And that sounds a little harsh, but I'd rather you really be stoked at what you're doing. And if you're not super stoked on that gig, either figure out how to be stoked or don't go. You know, just don't let yourself get down about the situation because you did put yourself there. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I was talking uh, with uh, my la- with my last my last interview, and we were kind of discussing this a little <laughs> bit and talking about um, find. He was talking about following that whatever the cool like the cool thing is like the thing that. Um, you know the music that you go yes I'm stoked about this or like the thing that you're like I you know I really connect with this and kind of following those kinds of gigs and even if that means giving up um, maybe a more lucrative opportunity just chasing the fulfillment more more so than you know the paycheck which can be which can be hard when you're like oh I don't want to play these songs but it pays you know pays really well yeah and it's you know you got to learn how to balance that obviously you know on one hand we're playing music because we love it on the other hand we're playing music because we need to pay the bill right so realizing where you're at on that spectrum mm-hmm. because yeah. I believe it's the spectrum sure. that you can you know move along but it takes hustle and it takes hard work to get out of the gigs that you don't like and get into the gigs that you love. Yeah, that's a good point. And if you're constantly chasing that short-term dollar, then you will constantly chase that short-term dollar. And that's never going to change. So, yeah, I mean, there's a a concept called uh, builders and drivers. So builders are the things that would you know, build your career. The things that are really cool. That, like having a website is cool. Is that going to make <laughs> you money right now? No. That's, that's a builder. Or, or um, you know, having a million Instagram mm. followers. Yeah, that'd be cool. Is that going to make you money right now? Honestly, not as much as you think. But, you know, um, the driver is going to that gig tonight is going to make you money. You know, and when you're earlier on in your career, you need to be full of those drivers because you've got to make money to pay the bills, buy the groceries, especially if you're going to be healthy and get to, you know, anything organic or grass-fed you put in your body, which is crazy important, you know, and the more money that you can invest into your health, the more energy that you have to put in more time and effort on those builders and drivers, right? And then once you've got some money saved up and you've got that energy, you can spend a little more time on, cool, I'm going to make sure that I've got some good photos on my Instagram yep. and on my, uh, if I have a website, I'm going to put them there too. So people know that, you know, it, this is specifically if you're doing like sessions and hired gun stuff, you know, that way people can Google you yep. and you show up instead of just hearing about you down the road, you know, from someone else. But that stuff will come as a result of doing enough great work, for, you know, for other people. So... Eventually, yeah, you got to do those things that are fulfilling to you and making your own album, you know, writing your own song. Those things that are going to build your career long term and, you know, take the things that make you happy. Because that's really, you know, the artist kind of stuff and not just some dude that plays in a band. You know? So, does that all make sense? 
I kind of want to. Yeah, no, that it. makes yeah. <laughs> no, that makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, just prioritizing that prioritizing just action over uh, maybe things that aren't as necessary as you think they are. I mean, yeah, I know for myself it was like, oh, I'm gonna make you know this. I'm gonna do this and this before I can do this. You know, mm-hmm. when it really just comes down to it, like, well, maybe you just need to try that and actually do something instead of just planning it to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like a really simple, I remember some of my students that wanted to uh, get into playing games, right? Oh, what do I need to do to start a, you know, I want to play live. And I would tell them, cool, there's an open mic night on Friday at this place down the road. Like, oh, no, I can't do that. Like, well, why not? You wanted to play live. It doesn't matter if you suck, you wanted to play live, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know, if you always wait to be as perfect as you can be before you go play, like, you're never going to make it. You know, that's one of those things where if you take that action immediately instead of over-planning and overthinking it, you're going to go get it done. And then, you're, the amount of confidence you get from playing that gig, and yeah, you screw up a couple times, but now you know that song way better than you've ever known it. Because that pressure is on and you put in the work to play that song as well as you can, even though the open mic nights, three nights, you know? Yeah. So, For sure. if you want to get good at performing, you book a handful of gigs and then figure out how to play those games. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a crash course in making it happen, but it's better than being the guy that, uh, you know, buys all the crazy good gear and then can't play it, right? Yeah. Or having all these songs written and no one's ever heard them. Or having yeah. crazy chops on your instrument, but you don't know how to play with a band. Mm. You know, you've got to keep in mind what really matters, which is at the end of the day, you know, what am I, if, am I actually making music right now? Do I love, if I love doing exactly that and building my own chops, do, go for it. Absolutely. If that's what's going to fulfill you with music and that's what you need out of it, do it. But if your goal is to be a, you know, especially if you want to be a full-time musician, you got to go get gigs or sessions or, you know, put your music out there. And you got to put it out before it's ready. Yeah, man, that's, that's a big one that I've had to learn is just, just do it. Yeah. And that's the scariest part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, you know, we're not going to grow unless we're outside our comfort zone. If you're not doing something mm-hmm. scary you are not growing fast enough and you're not going to And I learned this the hard way through years of inaction and, you know, caring more about the party instead of the work. You know, I'd show up and do my job, and for the most part I would kick ass, but how much more ass would I kick if I had, you know, four less whiskey and went home early, woke up a little earlier to practice or woke up a little earlier to update the calendar for the band or, uh, you know, promote the shows better, create a different flyer that would have gotten more people there you know, by sharing with, you know, learning how to do the Facebook ads and share that to people. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it takes. And who knows? Maybe none of those tactics work for your specific situation, but if you don't try it, you wouldn't know that that's the case. You've got to get Absolutely. out of that comfort zone and just push through and make mistakes. So, and don't drink so much. Sorry, I'm going on my, my, you know, that's why I do this is because I've made so many of these mistakes and learned what doesn't work. And now I want to help other people not make those same mistakes, you know? No, no, dude, that's awesome. That's, you know, a big part of why I started this podcast. And partly so it's like, wow, I would, I'd like to learn more and be better at, you know, maybe avoiding some of the things uh, that someone else that's further down the line could be like hey man like maybe steer clear of that like yeah. or whatever it is like that's that's part of it um because i mean for me personally i was you know i spent a lot of time just like hanging out at a bar <laughs> when i could have been like oh you know actually working on music or actually writing it um you know it's satisfying in, in the short term but in in the long term where it's like you feel like you've waste, wasted all this time and floundered and like just you know stayed out drinking and not 
fulfilled, had anything creative, creatively fulfilling that you're producing. And it's like that, you know, that seeps into how you, or at least for me, into like how I was taking care of myself mm -hmm. in that way. And it's like, okay, when I started to, to take better care of, you know, not only my body and just, um, you know, I had a kid and that was a big, you know, perspective change of just like, okay, if you're going to do this, like, do it. Yeah. So, you know, it all, it all kind of feeds, feeds into itself and how like intertwined that that is is really um, it still it still blows my mind yeah oh man absolutely and it seems like with music and anything entrepreneurial um, it really boils down to some of these same principles like and it seems to seep into every area of life you know the more you get out of your comfort zone the more you can handle the more that you grow and sometimes you take baby steps through that and sometimes you take a massive step like having a kid you're going to get way out of your comfort zone on that you know yeah so but suddenly you can handle more because you have to yeah so absolutely you know and that's one of the big things that I think is a great motivator is that idea of really for me I don't have kids and I just think of well other people have had kids and they figured it out that is a gigantic, massive step that I can't even fathom at this moment. And if they can do that, hell, I can book another gig, or I can further my business this way. Or, you know, you book the gig and then figure out how to do it. You know? Yeah. It's, if you're ever going to have a kid, then you're going to have to figure that out, then you better start growing now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, like with anything, it's like, not that you do anything perfectly, but like I said you learn you learn through doing. Yeah. You learn by doing and figuring out what actually works for you and what you know what is responsive. And as you said, it, it goes for every area of, of life. No, no matter what it is that it's it's the action of doing and screwing things up and going, oh well that didn't work. Like okay, maybe I'll try it differently next time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. And that's. So, and especially for people like me who spent so much time practicing, practicing, practicing. Um, you know, if you're not out in the real world, I, like, I was learning eBay mounting stuff on guitar in high school. And it was super cool, but then I got put on a song to play with in the high school band. And it was, uh, like, I couldn't play it in time. I realized that, okay, even though it's kind of thread thing, which is up my alley at the time. I couldn't play well with a band on that kind of stuff because I never took the action to join the band to learn to play that kind of style with other people. Mm. You know, and that's the kind of action that it took for me to realize, oh shit, I actually suck at something. And I need to figure it out when you think you're already good at it because you practice it every time, a thousand times at home. You know, you got to take that action and get out there in the real world and use your talent and fail. You know, it all, it, it seems like everything boils down to get out there and do real world action. Yeah, you should practice. <laughs> We're not saying to, to stop practicing or anything like that, but just not letting the perfection paralysis take you down from going and doing real life stuff. Absolutely. Um, well, on the subject of practicing, um, what kind of things, uh, what kind of, like, how do you, how do you practice like we're maybe like a couple like quick practice tips uh, you could maybe give to someone that's either just starting out or uh, maybe doesn't have a very disciplined practice routine or maybe sits down and doesn't necessarily know what to practice. Yeah, um, I've got a lot of I I taught guitar and bass and ukulele for like fourteen years, so I've got a lot of thoughts on this, and so it always comes back to like what can we boil down to simplest level um, especially mm. if you're just starting out just play <laughs> make it about playing music don't make it about all the, the nitty gritty scales and stuff necessarily right yes those can be great tools but if you're not enjoying it if you're not just playing like you should just put on a, maybe just put on a drum machine and just play whatever comes to your fingers you know 
and just do just make sure you're having fun. Now, if you're trying to go next level, keep that as part of your practice routine, either at the beginning or the end, so you have that element of fun no matter what. But then, put your phone on airplane mode, put every every distraction away, and just sit and play, and don't let anything distract you. So you, you know, set an alarm for, um, depending on who you listen to, your brain is only going to retain some information for intense learning for uh, 10 to 15 minutes. And this is, if you listen to Victor Wooten talk about the science behind learning, and because he's, you know, one of the best educators in the world, music educators, right? He says set a timer for 10 to 15 minutes, practice the hell out of one tiny thing, and take a little break, and then move on to the next thing, or practice that same thing again. But the most important part of that is put every distraction away. Put everything that can distract you somewhere else. Put your shit on airplane mode. Focus. The more intensely that you work that one piece of that one song, and it could be literally, you know, five notes in a row that aren't that you aren't playing perfectly. You set that time with ten minutes. Put your shit on airplane mode and play that part over and over and over and over with zero distraction. And that, to me, has been the most helpful thing. And especially as a bass player that needs to sing at the same time. You know, these are two things that shouldn't work well together, and it's a lot of work to make it happen. It's so much easier to strum a guitar and right? But <laughs> you need to get this stuff under your fingers, under your, or, you know, whatever instrument it is. It needs to be such muscle memory that it's just automatic, so that way you can move on to learning the next thing. So when I'm practicing bass for a song that I'm going to sing, I sit down and I learn it so well. I over and over every day I sit down and practice the hell out of it. And I've used there's a YouTube video I put up on how to play bass and sing at the same time. Um, you just type that into the solo. But you practice that over and over, and it might just be the verse of the song over. And then you play the verse and the chorus, and you practice just the bridge. Once you can string all that together, and you can play that muscle memory over and over, no problem. Then you move on to learning the singing part as if you're learning a brand new instrument or brand new song. Hmm. And the second you can put all that stuff together, once you've done those separately enough, you can pretty seamlessly just suddenly play it and sing it together because you've developed that muscle memory. That so that's kind of a long way around like my story of why I do that, but it's been unbelievably effective for everybody that I've had do that too. So, long story short, have fun every time you practice, but also focus really intensely and be mindful about everything you know that you play. So, yeah. Um, and that applies to life. <laughs> the more that you're present and focused on one thing at a time, the more deeply you can experience it. And the more you're going to do well with that. When you're on stage, you know, if you already have that self-muscle memory, then you can focus on the audience, or you can focus on your bandmate. You can be there in the energy of it instead of trying to remember how to play your part. Yeah. You know, or if you're at home, you can focus on being there with your wife or your kid and have no other distraction. You say, I'm just going to be the best husband that I can in this moment, or the best dad, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really uh, yeah, that's that's important. The like turning off your phone is like probably I would say something that I overlooked for a long time, and I feel like probably a lot of other people overlook in terms of just like it's super easy to get distracted of like, oh well, I should probably you know post on social about this mm -hmm. or show and just like actually like focusing on that one thing um, kind of circling back around it's you know it's taking time to actually focus on something allows me to come back to you know, something else and have a clarity on that yeah. or just you know be refreshed and maybe I spend I do both things better because I'm not trying to do two separate things at the exact same time I'm just doing one thing really intentionally and then I'm moving on to the next thing yeah absolutely and that that word intentionally is so I think especially as a musician is so important because when you play your notes and your songs with intention 
they go across so much more effectively to the audience to the venue or even to yourself you know and just yeah. whether it's specifically in music or in life yeah like you, just doing it intentionally not letting other things take you off that so yeah why not well um just real quick where's the best way if someone wants to um either hear hear your band or um maybe have a coaching session with you what's what's the best way someone can get in touch with you and keep up with what you're doing yeah um mainly i'm on instagram at the coach rusty and that i'm also on facebook and i've got a twitter account or whatever but <laughs> the best the best place to reach me is at the coach rusty um on instagram and you can send me a message if you've got questions about anything i'm here to help i'm super open i'm there all the time asking for answering messages and comments um, and trying to just put out the best content that I can for people to, you know, live their happiest and healthiest life. So, and if they, if you want to reach me directly, not through Instagram, uh, the coach Rusty at gmail.com. And if you want to check out what I do music-wise, uh, call it my dark side because it's completely uh, the band that I play in. We're a bunch of rowdy, country, redneck dudes and vulgar and say all sorts of horrible things on stage and it's an absolute blast. So <laughs> that's Redneck Rodeo. It's so much fun. And we're, I mean, we're, we play country covers primarily, but we do have one song out on uh, Spotify and stuff. So, awesome. yeah, Redneck Rodeo at the Coach Rusty. And uh, yeah, nobody, nobody be bashful about reaching out. I love connecting with everybody and seeing how other musicians are living there. Hope you fly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll link all that on the show note in the show notes so everyone can uh, keep in touch with that. So, cool. man, awesome. I man, I enjoy this. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Yeah, we're not the perfect storybook ending. Oh, we're not the kind you write about. 